Hi, this is Chris Harris, and you're listening to the Cherry Jam Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 24 of Series 4 of Cherry Jam. Myself, Ed Price, Jim Harley, and Russ Brooks join this evening. Uh, we were really hoping that Loz was going to join us, but unfortunately, he's contracted the dreaded lurgy that is definitely going around at the moment. Snowy is on a uh, midnight boat to Amsterdam. Um, well, Holland, anyway. Um, and um, I, I, I assume... Uh, we'll be having a, a pint or two before he goes to bed, um, but unfortunately can't join us. Uh, we will be talking about Gloucester's win over Quinns and um, the slightly frustrated feeling we have, which is odd because we don't we, we had a bit of a shocking run against Quinns in the recent in the recent past. So we will be talking about that, um, the other weekend action, uh, and some of the other bits and bobs around uh, the rugby the rugby community and the rugby world at the moment, including will England Wales actually go ahead. Uh, we'll come back to that later. Right, let's start off with the uh, Gloucester Quinns game. I'm just going to read through Loz and Snowy's thoughts because they, as I say, they very kindly added them in. Uh, so Loz, decent win. Very disappointed with the end, letting them in. Could have won that easily if we controlled the ball away from the set piece. We've, we have the potential to be a good side if we play more rugby and control the ball at the ruck better. That said, we are still a very long way from being where we all want us to be. I hope it is a development thing in that other top teams have evolved their game. But then there is Sale, who simply got Sanderson in and have gone from average to top two. Uh, Snowy, uh, much needed win, key to get the bonus. We weren't great at existing control, ended up with a very scrappy uh, game, which risked us losing which risked us losing it. Santi is class, Val is class. Service is still, still too slow from the base and we invite, invite the defence up. We were sloppy at the ruck. Scrum and line out, very good. Seven out of ten. Not actually Gloucester's best win in living memory. We'll come back to that again at the end. Right. <laughs> start off with Russ. Um, you you were at the game. Uh, for what you know, you had a great mm-hmm. open, great. Uh, hope you had a good night. I know we we we, we got home quite late. So I hope you weren't in trouble for that. Um, and um... no, I was no. Only, only with my <laughs> physical inability to function on like four hours sleep, whatever <laughs> it was. Um... Yeah, it's true. Um. Russ, let me your view on the game first of all. Not going to chip. I think the other two have summed it up fairly well. Where I feel it was, I know a lot of people were really excited about that result, but it was frustrating at times. I was in in the tump end, so quite a good view mm. um, behind the post of seeing some of our inability to exploit some of those opportunities that the guys were talking about. <sighs> I don't know if it's game plan. I don't know if it's me and I don't know what it is, but there are times when we are so slow in attack and it's just so frustrating because I felt Quinns were there for the taking. I think we should have won that game a lot more comfortably than we did. And, but for a really, really bad conversion by Quinns, we could be talking about a draw. And it shouldn't have been anywhere near that. We were far and away the better side, um, but it was just in short bursts. And but for a few more moments of magic from Santi, we'd have lost that game. I think what annoyed me, and you lot know I bang on about this all the time, it's what was weird is two of the best tries we scored in the second half came from a member of the pack running really fucking hard at the um, opposition sucking in a load of defenders and then allowing our playmaker to have a bit of space and exploit said play, play, uh, space. Um, 
And I thought Clement in particular was really good when he came on. I thought Ackerman had a really good game. You know, it's not from a one. It's not that we lack carriers. We just don't factor it into our game plan. Frustrations aside, I thought there were some other really good moments. Louis V. Summit was ridiculously good considering he's just come back from injury. Santi was Santi. Val was Val. Not the best prop performance by Gloucester prop ever. Again, I know you're coming on to that. <laughs> not even close. He is one of my favourite Gloucester props. I think everyone knows how much I love him, but not the best Gloucester prop performance. Stop it. The two Sebs, absolutely brilliant. I thought Seb Blake looked like he's been throwing in all his life. There are a few lineouts that went wrong, which standard us, but I thought he was good. And Seb Atkinson, I thought, was superb, running really I hard, defensive. Yeah, and 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 I, I haven't seen him have a really bad game yet. I haven't probably seen him as much as others, but yeah, he was awesome. Um, so there, there's lots of good things in there, but like you had, there's just the same consistent, frustrating niggles that just take away from being really happy about. And and that's hard to say when we were um, at the. Uh, on Friday, we were third in not quite sure where we are. So it is to be as frustrated as I think some of us are. Hmm. Jim? Uh, yeah, I think, um, I, honestly, uh, the, the, the last two minutes of that game, kind of, I left feeling like we'd lost, which hmm. clearly we hadn't. Uh, and, and I guess because, you know, um, you can kind of liken it to um, Leicester today, kicked the ball low, tapped, and then kicked it out to finish the game, to, um, which seemed a bit strange to not go yeah. for a pretty easy three points to stop Saracens getting a bonus point. And a lot of the chatter around that is, what if it had come off the post? What if Saracens had got the ball back? What if they'd have run the length of the pitch and scored? They'd have won the game. Um, and I, I guess... You know, Leicester in that situation were just really pleased to get the win. They didn't want to risk it for the bonus point. They didn't want to risk it to stop Saracens getting a bonus point. Well, that's fair enough. Saracens are way up top and Leicester aren't. Um, Gloucester and Harlequins are very close to one another. So 5-0 yeah. would have been fantastic. 5-2 is is good. And I should have been a lot happier about it at the time. But I'm still... A little bit frustrated, and it really might come back and bite us towards the end of the season, which would be an absolute disaster, really. Um, but then you're always going to be able to analyze things, aren't you? Um, at the end of the season, look at points here and there. Um, but yeah, uh, talking about you know the the play, San Santi, I mean, my god, he just got us out of jail, didn't he? Um, when when things didn't look like they were going, like you like you said, Russ, a couple of really, really good, strong carries, Clement, especially. Um, and it just created the space. And we've been, you know, I was getting so tired of just looking at our back line. Uh, and, in, and you got, you know, the forward, forward ball carriers stood still. They're three metres behind the ruck. They get past the ball. They catch the ball. Then they start running forward. Uh, it's like, no, that's not how you break the game line. That's not how you um, commit those defenders. So, uh you know, hopefully we can build on it. I mean, I really do wonder because obviously we still won and Quinn's aren't a bad side. Whether we're just leaving like just huge amounts in the locker um, 
for the end of season, whether we just, like you were saying about me and slowing the play down and noticeably um, killing the pace sometimes in the game. I think, well, maybe, maybe this is all a big ploy and then come the final few weeks of the season, we're suddenly just going to be like absolute dynamite and doing all the things that we've been bemoaning that they should have been doing all season. I mean, I genuinely love your optimism, them, Jer, there, Jim. <laughs> um, uh, the thought that in the final, uh, Ben Mean is going to be doing ruck speeds at two seconds at a ruck. I am, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but um, just a couple of things to take from all of that. Number one, and absolutely really important to say, we won. And I, I you know, it is a really, it was a massive win. We had to win this Friday. Um and as you say, though, the frustration is if we'd made that 5-0 on the points scored, we would have had 37s, Quinns would have had 32. So that's a full game difference. Um, and that does concern me in that you get the feeling when Quinns have got all their players back, they're capable of going on a run. I know they had a pretty shocking run recently, but you could see after Six Nations, they could go on a run. And I, wor- I worry that, you know, last year we missed out because we cocked up basically against Bristol. That was fundamentally what cost us the, the top four in the last seconds. And I worry tiny margins sometimes come back to bite you. Um, overall, as you said, Russ, the performances of, of, of a number of players were superb. Seb Atkinson, Seb Blake, Santi. I thought Ollie Foley again played really well, um, carried the ball well. Slightly, slightly worried that he went back to the uh, to the running sideways for fifty meters before. <laughs> but I understand. Look, the, the reason why is because he's trying to find someone to run off his off that line. It's just quite terrifying as you're watching him running across the field at twenty two. But thought he had a good game. Um, Resamit again, really strong uh, when he came on. I mean. We'll come back to a few in- specific incidents, but if for anybody who watched the game live or on television, um, the ball, the bounce of the ball that stopped him scoring a try in the first half when he outsprinted their full, uh, the, the um, uh, Quinn's winger and fullback was just ridiculous. I've never seen two two international players or two players like that get burned so quickly by another player. Reece Summit's pace is just terrifying. And, and that ball accelerated with every bank. Oh, yes. I mean, that was that that was a pitch and, thing, isn't it? Let's be honest, that's the pitch. Yeah. That's, that's and they're not a, slow players talking about either. No, 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 no. And, and, and you know, it's a, we, I think we've commented it before since we've had the um, artificial pitch. Um, the ball does bounce in a weird way. Um, but in a consistent way. It's consistent, consistently weird, but weird at the same time. You know, if you're playing on a grass pitch, you the ball would not do that. It would, it would change it. It would, it would, it would probably hold up just because of the the differences and the variances in a, in a normal grass pitch. Um, I again, key bit I'd like to say as well. Ben Meehan did have at times during the game some really great moments. Um, I think there was a, a, a fantastic tackle and turnover um, when he was covering at fullback. Um, I think some of his box kicking was really good and actually the chase we, which is half of it but let's be honest you've got to get the, the first bit of it right um, but the concern and we've kind of raised it a few times is that 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and give him the benefit of the doubt here and assume it's a game plan thing, which is to slow the ball down and to try and keep, try and keep control maybe of the, of the, of the play. So, but it is frustrating. You're watching the, you watch Gloucester. We go through maybe three or four phases. We make a really good hole, you know, like Jack Clement or Tuasui will make a big drive up the middle. You've then got front football. You wing it, you, your back are ready to go. We might even have a, um, an overload, two on three, three on four, four on three, sorry, three on two. Um, and you're expecting quick ball, but it just, everything slows down and we go into a box kick mode. And I, I, I just get, I think we're all frustrated with that because we can see the talent that's outside and we can see that the ability, if we can get the ball out, we might score more tries. But I'm going to assume that this is a game plan issue and not necessarily a Ben Meehan issue. Um, that doesn't give us him an excuse, though, for the three times he got caught at the back of a ruck and one at the back of a scrum, which then actually ended up leaving to a, a Quinn's try. Um, you know, I'm sure he's probably not happy with that moment in the game. Um, I certainly wasn't. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, I, I, overall, really positive. There's lots and lots of positives. It's just, as you said, Jim, Russ, it's just that niggling sort of, we're not, I don't think, playing to the sum of our parts quite yet. Um, maybe that's a positive again, that we've got more to come. Um, I would just like to see us do a little bit more with the ball. Um, and, and my concern would be if we get to sort of the last stages of the season and we need to do that and we haven't done it at any other point in the season, the concern is where does that muscle memory come from? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Do, do you think, um, just going on to Santi quickly, because he's been excellent really at 10 this season when he's had to come in and cover, do you think as soon as Hastings is fit, he will just slot back in at 10 or do we keep Santi at 10? He's, he's a brilliant option at 10. Um, and, you know, you could even argue he's our best 10 at the moment. Um, but he's so good at fullback. Yeah. He's so very, very good at fullback. So I think I I think you'd want to put him at fullback and have Hastings at 10 and then and just have some fancy interplay, you know, where they can swap and change between each other. And yeah, I'd agree. Um, uh, and and you know, keep it keep it changing in that regard. Because because I think when when you've got different tens playing in those slightly different styles, then it can really um, disrupt a defense. Because if you're defending particular players in a particular way, but then that player isn't there, and it... I think yeah, for me. Hastings is a better option at 10 than our other options for uh, 15 are. So I'd, I'd have Santi. I, I think we, we gain in attack by having Santi in that back three. Lloyd Evans is a solid player, but he's, you know, he's a solid player. Santi at 15 with Hastings at 10 feels quite balanced to more balance than Santi at 10. Evans at 15 with Hastings to come on. I think so kind of agree with Jim. Could almost have, I mean, the thought of someone like Santi or Louis Samit just showing up anywhere on the pitch is kind of terrifying as a defender, isn't it? I mean, it is, yeah. look at that try that um, Santi 
made where you could see knew louis would be there somewhere it's like just make some space make some space and it was a superb offload he can do that from 15 as well um or Santi's to put, it's not like you lose anything by having Santi coming in for an offload like that off of Hastings. Um, you know, and, and I think that's why we do all get frustrated just going back to the to that game plan when you could be doing that. Forley, you know, Forley could take that ball and be slightly different. He wouldn't be celebrating as early as Louis would, but... Oh, far off, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That but was you, ridiculous. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, it he was, was always before he caught it, which is very dangerous. <laughs> you know, those weapons, that, that, it, it, that's why it's frustrating when you've got that many weapons in your back line to not use them. So yeah. I think that that would be it for me. I, I, I do think he's... he's and Santi obviously has the X factor, but he is probably one of the best fullbacks in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's not like you lose anything by moving him back there. It, it is difficult, I think, with, with Santi because he's such a good player. Like, he's world-class and you, you want him in the team. So I suppose if Hastings isn't available now, we have got that, him as a 10. Um and the reason why somebody asked, I think, on Twitter, why George Barton wasn't involved. I think the problem George Barton has got at this stage is that um, although whenever he's played at fullback, I think he's done very well. I think the concern maybe is that he is a 10, fundamentally, George Barton. And I think his his variety and his um, adaptability isn't quite the same as... Um, as 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 Lloyd Evans, which you know, it's a, it's a fair argument. And also, you know, Lloyd, Lloyd Bar- Evans is a much bigger guy as well, isn't he? You know, so I don't, you I, can... I, I don't think they're massively different. But I think I think a lot of it is just Lloyd. The experience factor is probably the key bit here, isn't it? That's probably what it is, and it goes back to the whole argument. You know, how how does somebody get experience if you never play him? Um, I do think George Barton is the future. I think mm-hmm. fundamentally, he will be the ten in probably two years' time three years time. Um, but it's, it's, I suppose just, he's got to do it in training. He's got we, to show George that he's ready to start. He had a new contract recently, didn't he? So he mm. clearly see something in him, which that's the reassuring thing. I, I kind of would like him to get a bit more game time by a bit more game time. I mean, sometimes coming off the bench, but like you said, Ed, the trouble is, is he's, He's pretty much a ten, isn't he? He yeah. did all right at fifteen, but he's he's not offering you a lot of options, which at the moment you need off the bench. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He he'd be he'd be good emergency cover at fifteen, but actually we've got players that are a lot better than emergency cover. Yeah, exactly. And Santi is, like you said, he's world class. You want your world class players on the ball, don't you? I mean, <clears throat> if we could somehow clone Santi. Um, what, and I have mean, like four or five of them. Four or five of him. If we could get Val, I mean, Val could play back row at the moment. His turnovers are just ridiculous. Well, Val, between, between Val's turnovers, his offloads and his kicking, uh, by the way, that was obscene. Outside outside of the right foot, going for the 50-22, um, Val, behave, please. Um, you're just making everyone look shit now. It is quite funny, isn't it? Like Jim, was it Jim Hamilton who claimed that um, Borthwick thinks he's lazy? And that's yeah, why I he's just... not. It's fucking hilarious, isn't it? Are you watching Mako Vunapola when he's playing? Because you know, Fowl's always had that stigma in the past, hasn't he? At the moment, his work rate is just yeah, ridiculous. You can see it in his face; he's properly busting the gut to get. He's to, absolutely. To get 
yeah um and just his turnover like there was a one tu- the one turnover it, it in the first half we it was right in front of me behind the post and in body position you could have put a bulldozer there and they weren't shuffling off shoving off the ball and what was hilarious was he was just sat there for a while squat down like some sort of fucking gorilla like that's my job done who am i hurting next he just <laughs> when he's in that mood he just he must be terrifying to play against well um, I, I i again a remarkable performance i think if it had i think sir atkinson shaved the player of the match I think because of his defensive work, mm. I think Sobak has had a fantastic game defensively. It is very difficult for him with with the ball because he doesn't get a huge amount of it um, is the biggest issue. But um, I do think, um, Val, it is, it is getting almost becoming a joke now that Val is not in the England squad. I did notice today, so George Ford's been called up to the 36th man team. He's played, what, hang on, just double check. 26 minutes of Premiership rugby since um, last year. I mean, brilliant. I mean, that's, you know, and, and we've got, and I just want to talk about, we have got Marcus Smith. Why do we need George Ford? I, I, I yeah, I'm not going to rant on that. I've made my feelings clear. Marcus Smith should be stapled into that 10 shirt. From a Gloucester perspective, keep George Ford in that squad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, cheers, Manu. Because um, oh, yeah, you've you yeah, thanks we'll for destroying that, that partnership that's Jesus. probably terrified everyone over the rest of the autumn internationals. Six Nations, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, it's our gain at the moment for Val, but it is infuriating because it is just ridiculous how far and away he is. Probably not just the best prop in the Premiership. He's he's probably the best forward in the Premiership at the moment. He's arguably the best player in the Premiership. I mean, for him and Santi are going to walk the Player of the Season awards, aren't they? You would have fought for us. And yeah, it's, you you almost feel they sorry are because carrying us in a lot of ways. Yeah, one of the yeah, one someone's of them losing out. One of yeah. them is losing out, aren't they? And yeah, I, I could hit. I could understand arguments both to be missed. A quick aside to the result on Friday night and the game on Friday night. Mm-hmm. It was great to see a sellout uh, again. Um, I think a little bit unexpected. I don't think many people were expecting a sellout on a Friday night. It's not something that tends to happen. I suppose half term probably helps. Does um, it help? Because a lot of people are away, aren't they? Well, I, I think because it was the Friday before, it was the Friday and then half, that was half term. Yeah, so I think yeah, probably maybe. kids, you know, stay up, lads, you know, stay up late. Yeah. And people might be, and also it was half term elsewhere. So people might be traveling from Wiltshire, for example, were on half term. What we're going to do, let's go and watch a rugby game. Um, uh, but yeah, and there's quite a few Queens fans there as well. It was nice to see quite a few away fans. Yeah, there were actually probably there more, were quite a lot around me. Mm. Yeah, more Queens fans than I think I've normally seen. I mean, it's obviously been a couple of years since we've properly had travelling support, but mm. um, yeah, that, that and that was good. There were a good few in the shed around me, um, you know, making a bit of noise and having a good time. So that's all good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, and, and um, I mean, one thing I would say, just to, just a, a quick final thing on the Quins fans, Quins fans, great, make the noise, love that little chant you've got about some Eskimo chap. That's really good. You're not all sitting together. We're not doing away fans, all right. We're not doing away <laughs> blocks. Whatever you keep moaning and whinging about, it isn't happening. Um, but yeah, I, again, that felt like a big win. 
but the last two minutes were disappointing. I think. I think that's a fair assumption. Mm. I think that's probably where we're. I mean, when you, yeah, because you, I think the thing is, is I know Jim's already said all this, but you look at the table, and there's four points, maybe three points between us and Leicester in eighth. It's not going to take a lot to drop out of there. You know, our mm. performances don't need to dip much to to slip down and. What we were all talking about is it's a tricky run in for us in a lot of ways. I yeah. think it's it's a big ask with the squad at the injury levels it is to to go on that run, and we're going to need to pick up bonuses. So we don't need to hamper ourselves by giving other teams easy bonus points for that one. I I I just as soon as we hit zero and they were in our half, I just felt they were going to score. You just well, you know, I you did just... think as well um, that I think it, they got their penalty. Uh, one twenty, one thirty, or something on the clock, and I was like, "Just take the kick because it's an absolute sitter of a penalty. Take the penalty; that should take you twenty, thirty seconds, and then get back for the restart." And and I thought maybe it showed, you know, the real respect from Quinns that they went for the double bonus point because they felt they had more chance of scoring once to get two bonus points rather than actually going for the win. Um, I don't think, I don't think going for the win was ever on Jim. Personally. Really? I think that would, no, I don't, I, I think I know what you're saying, take a quick kick and stuff, but it was far enough away where I think you would have to line it up properly. You'd have to take your time. You'd have to go through your process. Cause you, what's, what would be worse is rush it, miss it. You don't get anything. Whereas, yeah. You know, I understand. I understand that probably is more of a given. But so, like taking the point, I totally understand where you're coming from. But if you rush it and miss it, you look like a right prick. prick. Uh, yeah. So, um, you yeah. Know, that's... I mean, the thing is, if like you say, if, if they'd have taken, if they'd have gone through the process for the mm. kick, the, you know, the kick would have been successful, wouldn't it? It wasn't a tricky one. No, no. So... I think they would have definitely got the three, got the but mm. one losing bonus point. Yeah. But so, to, so they, to, to they doubled they down rush on it two. Would... Yeah, I think you know, fair play to them. They went for the yeah, and yeah, that's, credit. Uh, that's so they haven't been playing well, have they? At the moment, no. and that's a good drill for them going forward, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day, if you've got that situation, you just slightly amend it, and you say that's to win the championship. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's it's a good drill to go. One final thing I should I should go back to just quickly, which was we we've we've commented on a few times about the the forward standing still um, uh, or not really running onto the ball, etc. My only thought about this and and I I had a thought about this yesterday watching the Cell Northampton game because I think Northampton on a number of occasions, particularly when they were playing 14 men, uh, which we'll come back to in the second part of the pod, um the the number of times they were being turned over because they were making cracking really big busting like uh, runs up the middle, but they were going too far away from the support. So there's a time and place, I think, for the the depth, which is I would say within the ten, within the final ten meters of the towards the try line. But um, I think if you're a bit further out, I understand where maybe taking the ball slightly static, allowing the player your own back row to be around you and secure the ball is yeah, probably preferential to making the big run and then and I, being yeah, isolated because everyone's I, so good now turning the ball over. I take your point, Ed, and I do agree with that, but it's also on the lads to bust and support because, you know, and, and having the sense, because, like, I think what impressed me with Clement for, for the first try, you know, is... Yeah, Santi's he, try, yeah. He, he, he 
carried so well and you could see he could he was isolated for a brief time wasn't he because it was a stopped rut Quinns mm. did brilliantly to stop a rut what impressed me about Clement was he had the rare of all of when to keep going and I think if you watch the replay he hits the deck when he knows his support's there as well it felt really good all around on his part because yeah. it, it made that try by <laughs> he'd probably <coughs> excuse me he probably could have gone a little bit further, but he didn't. He went to ground and that let that quick reload. And then, you know, Quinns had overstretched and Santi just exploited it brilliantly. But mm. I do take your point. But then it's how often do we do that as well, though, where we just have a few easy carries? We don't. It's one, maybe two carries, then it's a box kick. And it's yes. just so predictable. And actually, we were clever earlier in the season. There were a few times where me and Dummy did it and we mm. made good yards. <laughs> It, it just feels like we've almost doubled down on going back a little bit on that game plan. And yeah, that's my frustration on it in general. Yeah. Um, final thing, um, i just say that the rolling wall seem to be back up and running again. So they've obviously used the last two weeks to reset that and, and really try and adjust where it was maybe yeah. being. Mm, yeah, it was a couple good. of times lately we've gone for the sort of shock and awe, go for it super fast. Mm. Um, don't worry about getting it set. And it, you know, for varying levels of success, um, and um, against Quinns, we definitely seem to be catch set, and you know, almost to the point of right. That's once before even they tried to shove, and then boom, you know, when they were happy and they were set, there was a real good acceleration, mm. um, you know, towards the line. So. Yeah, yeah. Looking, looking a little bit better than it has done. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Right, pausing now. We're going to come back. I'm going to talk about the other uh, weekend's fixtures, plus whether the England-Wales game will go ahead. This is George Skivington. You're listening to the Cherry Jam podcast. Right, uh, we'll talk. start by talking about the sale... Uh, Northampton game and uh, one particular moment um, Russ has kind of already alluded to it uh, which is Manning Tuolangi being sent off which I'll be honest was about the most Stonewall red card I think we may see this year it was and I say this knowing that the player was alright it was also fucking funny because it's so moronic isn't it it's like oh look the guy who took my shirt off me he's had a fucking hell of a game here's my chance to go back to my club and put in a performance and put on the pressure. And actually, instead, what I'll do is I'll put my mates in a big hole for most of the game. And yeah, like you said, I, I just, I remember watching it and we, we had the sound on mute and it just said descent underneath. And I was like, oh my God, what has he said? Because I hadn't actually seen mm. it to the replay. So what has he said to get a red card? And then you see the album and you're like, oh, they've got it wrong. It wasn't descent. It was just... Thuggery. I, I don't even know. It was thuggery. What... No, it's thuggery. Yeah, what, yeah. what is he trying to do? Because he's already going down to ground. It's not like even like... If he can't even defend and say it was a bad handoff or something, it was just utter I, thuggery. I get very frustrated when players do this sort of stuff. I think um, Craig Doyle said, "Oh, you know, because because at the end when he got sent off, he went over and apologised to the player and stuff." Oh, that's all right. Then, as, yeah. a, as a bare minimum, is what you should do if you just yeah. Knock somebody sorry, li- sorry for putting my elbow elbow in your face in your jaw. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I, 
in no way do I think Manu Tuolangi actually actively wanted to physically injure the opposition player. He wanted to make an impact and a statement and, and, and you know, go. But again, it's that whole issue around, do you really need to do that? Because you could, as you said, Russ, you could... You've made he he'd made a brilliant run. Yeah. He made a great bust yeah. up the middle. He'd made space. He bounced one bloke off. You you're getting tackled. Just set the ball back for quick ball, and you're going to score. Let's let's be honest. That sale side looked bloody good all game, even yes. down to fourteen. If without if he hadn't got a red card, they'd have won that game. Because yeah. bloody hell, did Northampton make hard work of that? I, mean, I would, yeah, I'd argue that actually, if it, it was only really when Sale went out of thirteen men that Northampton actually worked out, <laughs> lads, there's a bit of space out wide. And, and to be honest, <laughs> and to be honest, Ed, I think the only reason that space was forming at the end was because Sale were absolutely knackered. They were out on their feet. I mean, Dupria, which the the, the back row Dupria was superb all game. Yeah, Curry was super. They worked their ass off. By the end, they could barely stand up. And, you know, I know it's not just if I was too Alangi, I wouldn't be able to look those boys in the eye at the end of the game because you've cost them. You know, I, I know it's a lot. That's a big thing to say, but they'd have won that game if he'd have stayed on. And my God, the Northampton fucking dreadful at times. They, they're I, dreadful, are, but yet they're third. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's weird. We are infuriating to watch. What the hell must their fans be thinking? Because there are times where their kicks were going out on the full. They couldn't exploit the space. I mean, they had some great players. I mean, Ribbons is absolutely ridiculous in the second row. But, yeah. God, they made hard work in that game. And, yeah, I hope Tulangi gets a hot, long, long bin, ban even. Mm-hmm. And, well, his England career is in the bin, I would have thought, if that's the case. Well, yeah, apparently they're think... saying 10 weeks is the expected. Ooh. Good. Well, <laughs> I think for me, Tulangi's in that position now where... He's coming towards the end of his international career. I think there's still a little bit, you know, potential um, for him, you know, playing international rugby. But I think he's having to force it a little bit more than ever before mm. and just try and, you know, just try and be better than he's capable of being, maybe. Um, he's, and, he's and, not... he's, and because he's trying to overplay his physicality, that's when, you know, you get those red card moments. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's bit. His biggest problem is is Ollie Lawrence does everything he does now better, yes. and you don't need to put Tuolangi on. You if if you want him, on, he's not even going to get on the bench, or he shouldn't because it's just a straight swap. It's not going to change the game up, is it? By going, no. right, let's get Lawrence off and try something different um, with bringing Tuolangi on. Sorry, I had a brain fart then because whenever I refer to Ollie Lawrence as Lawrence, I think about the thought, the scary thought of our <laughs> Lawrence in the centre for England. It's just uh, a quick, just a bit, my brain just has terrifying. a weird moment. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, I, I think Ollie Lawrence has a bit more at this mm. point in his career than Manu does. And probably like you said, Jim, I think he's probably well aware of that. Well, 10 weeks has done himself no favours. Well, I, I mean, 10 weeks is the, uh, it's 10 weeks plus is the top end. Now, on the basis he's got a pretty horrific um, disciplinary record comparatively. Um, 
I mean, he might get off it because of the fact that he hadn't played much rugby. Um, so actually, it's probably been quite a while since his last disciplinary, but he has got a pretty awful disciplinary record. Well, um, 10 weeks would be would mean that he would miss um, the Gloucester sale game. That's a shame. I mean, he'll probably get mitigation because Alex Sanderson will probably write him a little note from school saying what a nice person he is, even though Alex Sanderson looked like he wanted to fucking kill him when he tapped him on the shoulder to apologise. Yeah, um, uh, I think also... you know, Manny ta- probably, He's, he's probably eligible for... Sorry, Ed. He was probably eligible for tackle school as well without daft. So he'll probably get mitigated down to two weeks or a disciplinary panel are. Well, if he's not in the English squad anymore, you can assume that probably won't happen. But oh, um, he have to bring, yeah. oh, so he have to bring custard creams rather than jammy dodgers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you saying custard creams are better than jammy jammy dodgers? Oh, that's controversial. I don't know. That, that, I, I don't. I guess I don't know the disciplinary committee well enough to know. He's I, I almost on first name terms. Yeah, he's almost on first name <laughs> terms with them, isn't he? Yeah, true. Uh, knowing the Gloucester boys, they take rich tea, given our like <laughs> understanding. But exactly. and not even McVitie's ones. Like <laughs> yeah, some, like, some yeah. adds to value. Ones, uh, yeah, yeah. Own, uh, own brand. Um, and that's our pod for next week. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Other games this weekend, um, uh, other results this weekend. As we mentioned earlier, Leicester um, beat Saracens. So Saracens only their second uh, league defeat of the season. Um, uh, and we they, were, they were terrible in the opening oh, yeah. 25 minutes. Yeah. I like, mean, to be fair, Leicester though, they, just... they haven't got any players. So it's not really surprising, but, is it? Well, but, it? Leicester put the oldest backline out in Premiership history. Yeah, but, yeah, I know, but they weren't like. It, what, what, I mean, Brown, Ashton, Scott, Gopeth, Potter, Pollard, Youngs. I mean, to be fair to them, they're all really good players. I know they're old. Yeah. But no, they no, are no, very no, 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 no. They're not all really good players. Youngs, we've all oh, decided. Youngs, no, I know, but Youngs is a good player. He I is, mean, uh, he is a good player. It's just well, we it, don't want him his, anywhere near the England team. Some of his team. box kicking wasn't though. Some of his no. box kicking was going backwards and all over the place. Um, yeah, I mean, no, that credit to them because they've been in a hole for a while, haven't they? They oh, had to win that game, you know. Yeah, that was huge. I, Again, it, didn't really do Gloucester much favours, to be honest. That I, and no, I know, who, who have we got up next? Uh, who have we got up next? Is uh, it Leicester next? Be Leicester, I think. Yeah, yeah about so. fucking about fucking right, isn't it? Yeah. They find form just before that. To be fair, though, we we owe them one. We've again, they're another team that we've we 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 had a decent run on against, but we've we struggled recently. So yeah. it's a it's a big game. That it's a um, big game. Mm. Uh, so that was that. That was today. Uh, yesterday we also had uh, Bath. Uh, <laughs> oh, <fucking laughs> yeah, but again, this done us no favors, has it? It was no. almost like they're going to finish bottom. Yeah, I could have allowed them to win, and they they can't even fucking hold on. The one time we're thinking, oh, that might help us out. Uh, so Fuck Bath them. lost to the Irish, and then um, the other game on Friday night was Bristol beating Newcastle, which is very much a tale of the bottom to a couple of teams. Um, so overall. An interesting week, as I said, how crucial that win was for Gloucester mm. because obviously you compare, you look at the other results and all the teams around us won, so we had to kind of win to keep sort of tread water. Um, so that was good. Um, <laughs> we're going to move on now to Wales because um, it's so funny and yet really tragic at the same time. So <laughs> the long and the short of it is from my limited understanding and care is that um, the Welsh RFU are broke pretty much. They can't 
they're, they're struggling uh, on a number of footings and a number of reasons. Um, they're struggling to fund properly for regions uh, or partially fund some regions because, again, this is another issue. Um, they are in a position where players' contracts are going to be ending in June and July and they're not being offered new ones. Um, and players have got to a point where they've been let down, told something's going to happen and it hasn't on a number of occasions and um, are now threatening to strike. And apparently the decision is going to be made Wednesday from what I read this afternoon. It's a really sorry state of affairs when one of, however we might feel about it, Russ, I'm putting this caveat in, uh, and I'll come to Jim first, just so Russ can compose himself after my next sentence. Right. However, I think I know what's coming. However we feel about one of the great nations of international rugby, the fact that they may not be able to field a team because they're on strike is very, very sad, Jim. Well, I, I think um, you're saying that you know the WRU are a bit short of cash at the moment. They are not going to forfeit this game and cost themselves four million quid. Ten million. Uh, ten. Ten, apparently. Well then that's that's even more than four. So <laughs> that they are going to do a lot of discussion and they are going to have to backtrack. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to bow down, aren't they, to um the pressure from these players, um, you know, giving them seats on the board, um reducing the sixty cap rule to nothing to 20 has been mooted yeah. um, um, allowing players to represent their country which of course they all want to but also play rugby wherever in the world they can to maximise their earnings and I think it is a short career it's ridiculous to try and say to these guys well no you, you're going to play for Swansea and earn 35000 a year um, if you want to play for Wales, I mean, because it would it would just totally shoot, you know, the Welsh national team in the foot, wouldn't it? You'd end up with a with a third string international squad because all their best players are playing in England, playing in France. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, it's it's terrible because it, it kind of started off as a really good idea, keeping you know reducing the number of teams and. In, increasing the attendances and you know sharing the money out so there was more of it between the less teams and things like that you know and I think it took quite a few years but by and large the fans bought into the regions eventually and they understood the need for it but I do wonder what's going to happen now especially if which which is the region that's supposed to be or rumoured to be merging with uh, Ospreys it's Ospreys, okay. Mm. So they're going to be known as Ealing Ospreys. Well, no, because probably what will happen is Ealing will fail the qualification criteria, won't they? That, that's the only way this story gets more tragic. Well, I, I mean, let's be honest. I'm not entirely sure the RFU... Because, again, my understanding... I mean, yeah, there's a my big understanding, ask, My there? understanding is the RFU have got final say on the basis that it is an English team. Uh, and if they want to play rugby in England, they have to be affiliated to the English RFU. 
Right. So are we assuming then that Ealing will bugger off to Swansea? Because yeah. that that if that happens, fine, you can, but you can never play in a game in England. So you can't play in Ealing. Which kind of the whole idea about Ealing coming in promoted, etc., and all the rest of it. Was it all bollocks then? Uh, yes, it, well, it was, of course. Um, I don't know. I quite like the idea of Ealing being a province, becoming like a province of Wales and then us invading and claiming it back. Was <laughs> it like, um, you know, you can stand there with a crossbow, etc.? I mean, but... you know, just it, it sums up lots of things. Mainly, my biggest take on the Ealing before I get into any of the other stuff, the biggest take on Ealing is that their best solution to not get is to actually fucking go and try and play in Wales rather than going do you know what our owner's got a lot of money maybe just maybe we should either find a new ground or invest in our stadium no let's um, move house let's yeah. move house yeah yeah just just <laughs> let's just fucking yeah let's try and go and set up in a whole new league it's, it's or let's meet the criteria oh no we're going to bitch and moan when it's surprise surprise the RFU turn around and go you know all that same criteria last year you didn't meet. Have you done anything about it? Eh, no. Yeah, you're not coming up. I mean, what a shocker, to be honest. It, I don't have is, any... It is, it is the equivalent of like, oh, we can't pay the rent uh, at this in this house because it's just too expensive. So what we're going to do is going to go and move to an area which is really, really, really awful. And they haven't got any money. And then we're going to look really good there. I That's mean, basically, yeah. what this is, I, like we've all, I know, yeah, I know, lots of people get on their high horse and say how it's for rugby to not let Ealing get promoted. We've got to let all competition. RFU are being really elite, not letting someone in. The problem, all of that, is great if our if Ealing had a viable, long term, sustainable business model. If they were going to get up and they could survive on their own, they're a profitable club. No, they're not. They're run by an old owner who, one cold winter, he dies and disintegrates into dust, and then they can just move the base business out of there. That's the issue with Ealing. Then they're, they're not a sustainable club long term, and it's, it's it's almost like the RFU have had a bit of problems with a few clubs going bust, and they're a bit nervous about that, and uh, just suddenly tightening up on the rules. You know, yeah, it's sorry. amazing, isn't it? Um, no, no, you're it, right. In um, terms of Wales, yes, I was going to move it back to Wales. I, I like. <laughs> I mean, like, I'll get the joke out of the side. My one joke out of the way is like, if their players don't go on strike and don't turn up, is that any different to the last two games? I don't know. <laughs> um, genuinely, it is tragic. You know, it's a bit like if ba- I don't, I hate, I love taking the piss out of Bath wouldn't want Bath to get relegated because I'd missed the derby. That rivalry needs to... I'd laugh about it for a while, Ed. You can pull that face. I'd laugh about it, but I'd miss those games because they are... I don't want them to die. I just want them to get relegated. That's no, no, fine. no. That's what I'm saying. I, but I would admit, like, if, if, if Wales went fully, fully shit, it's meaningless in those games. That said, I there is part of me that is pissing myself at the prospect that they might have to qualify for the next World Cup because we were looking at their group and they are in, Wales are in a dark, dark place. And it's like, how how worse, how 
much more can they do to make themselves that hole bigger they seem to be doing it and I do feel for a lot of their genuine fans you know I've a lot of friends who are very passionate care a lot about Welsh rugby and I do really genuinely feel for them because I, I wouldn't want that to happen to any club I support. It's, it is horrible and something does need to be done about it. That said, it is still quite funny that it's <laughs> them that is happening it, it, to. It's, it's, it's that weird thing, Jim, uh, it comes to you again quickly, just on the strike action. Um, <laughs> there is that weird thing, the fact that obviously the reason they're doing this is because we said last week is they're doing it because... Um, not less so for the actual season internationals who will be able to find a place in Japan or France or England or whatever. It's the young lads who are very early in their careers who are are basically looking at not being able to afford to pay the mortgage. That's mm. the reason for the strike action. Um, so I think we can all kind of understand and support what they're trying to do. It's just it's a little bit shocking that it's such a big. I mean, the England Wales game. I think for a lot of us is regardless of the other internationals that are around, that, for me, certainly, after going to university in Swansea, it's the one international that I care about, above all else. I don't know about you. It's, it's, a, it's a biggie. I think, I think certainly the Welsh beating England is more important than beating any other team, mm. probably ever. Um, and I think for, for us... Everyone, you know, everyone, like the, the Scots are the same. The French, you know, respect us probably the most. So, you know, everyone wants to beat England. Um, and actually, England, you know, it's a bit like um, the Gloucester Worcester kind of, oh, it's a local derby and Worcester really want to win this game. I was like, but for Gloucester, no, we don't really care about Worcester that much. It's Bath that are most important. And I think maybe it's a bit like that. Like, the Welsh really want to beat England, but England aren't all that bothered about beating the Welsh because they're just another team that they play against. I don't know. Do you, um, just just on that sort of the English-Welsh animosity, antipathy and all the rest of it, um, my concern, genuine concern, from, a, from an England rugby point of view, I should say, is... So we get to Wednesday, everyone's kind of said, look, we need to get the game gone because the, 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 the negatives outweigh the positives and all the rest of it. You look at it and go, this is probably the worst preparation for a test match <laughs> in the last 30 years, right? Yep. England, comparatively, we've got, we've got a squad. We're going, we've, got, we've just come off a win against Italy. Um there's encouraging signs that we might be moving in the direction, right direction as players that are coming into form. <clears throat> this has got all the hallmarks of an absolute, oh no, the Welsh are up for it, hasn't it? Um, I mean, you would hope that people like, someone like Borthwick is very good at keeping them focused and on the professional side and drowning out the noise. And they just got to stay focused within themselves, haven't they? It must be bloody hard to watch that um i'm just trying to think it probably was before his time because 
<coughs> England obviously nearly went on strike under Martin Johnson. I can't remember. If Will Wolf Carling, was wasn't in, it? Yeah, no, it it might have been, but John because it was when Clive Woodward was running the Med because I remember it's in the book and it was about when they just gone not long after they'd gone professional. It was about how much they got paid. I'm sure it was a bit later than Will Carlin. Because I think Johnson was quite outspoken about uh, it. Oh, just looked here. Two thousand apparently. Thirteen so years we- ago, Millicent in Grubby House. This is from two thousand thirteen. We we're ready to go on strike, um, and it was against Argentina in the Autumn International. So no one near the same level, but I mean, in some ways, I do understand why the Welsh players are taking the stance now because it draws the most attention to their cause, doesn't it? Um, yeah, and and that's and that's all they're. And they're, they're getting their their voices heard in the press. They're you know that, explaining their case to to anyone that will listen. I mean, I do like the idea that suddenly Wales have to discover all these um, project players to to sort of put aside out. Because let's be honest, if there is a strike, if you are someone who is any legitimate Welsh heritage, you ain't you ain't breaking the the strike and playing for Wales, are you? Yeah, that's probably, a, that's an interesting you, that's an interesting conversation you know, to have. You, isn't it? Could you imagine that? You know, you go. Oh, yeah, my shit. my great great grandfather, he got yeah. a cap playing for yeah. Wales. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. We're still not allowed back. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, they might have to call up if if Shane Howworth's had some kids. They might have to call him up and be like, "Could you come and play for us?" Um, I'm just looking at random places in Wales that you know. There's some some there's some place there's there's some lad in in uh, in my stag who um who's who's half, half about plays I don't know Welsh Welsh three, and he gets a call on Wednesday Wednesday afternoon said. Uh, Oh, Dowie, um, look, what are you doing on the weekend? <laughs> like, Ch- Chepstow RFC. You know, you live on the English side of the seven, but we were willing to overlook that for a few weeks. Um, oh, it's a fucking mess. I do. I, I think I, you're right, Ed, in all seriousness. I, I feel for the, the younger guys in those regions who joke to their careers in the future now or where the contract comes from it it is genuinely sad and i think that's that's the overwhelming feeling and you know it, it's just odd to think that you, we're so used to i think I've, i was trying to think of, a, of a, a comparison in in my lifetime watching six nations where i felt oh this is really sad um and the only thing i think of was a foot and mouth in that we had that whole disruption around the, oh, the yeah you know, we, we had to finish it the in the autumn, after, well, yeah. we had to finish it in the autumn, and and Just, uh, yeah. we ended up losing to Ireland in Ireland. But but then you go back to so that I believe the last time um, uh, a Six Nations game was postponed, cancelled, etc., was the height of the troubles. I mean, I'm sure if someone would like to correct me on Twitter and on socials, but I believe it was the 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 um, um, the, the troubles, and of course that famously led to the English team basically. Getting a something like a three-minute standing ovation at, uh, at um, um, Lansdowne Road just for turning up. Um, so you know, it's it's not quite the. Let's be fair. Well, I'm not comparing strike action by the Welsh to the perils and the issues around the troubles, but it, it's it feels 
you know, this feels like it, it is a very seminal moment it's, in 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 professional rugby. I was going to say, is you add in professional and mm. think a professional sports team with the pride that the Welsh players take in that shirt and that badge and what it means to them. And like Jim said, it's against England. They would normally, you know, none of them would want to miss this game normally. That's how bad and how strongly they feel about it. I mean, if that doesn't make people take notice, then, you know. But hey, I'm sure the uh, the Welsh RFU will put out a strong ban on some other song and maybe maybe they'll ban the daffodils around the, the daffodil masks they or something this time <laughs> yeah they're fucking moronic uh, so <laughs> final thing on the the six nations um uh obviously and just a few little bits around the england wales game um we're expecting resummit probably if, he, if they do play uh resummit will play um I'm just kind of hoping that he decides to have an off day and isn't on the same form that he was playing against Quinns because he was scary uh on uh on 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 friday night um we'll leave it there thank you very much for your time guys um jim um we've got uh a game on saturday i should say between gloucester and saracens women at about half 12 i think kickoff so that look that's going to be a really exciting game because gloucester i think will then set the record for the most consecutive wins i think in the prem in the the top flight is that right was thinking by equal or certainly equal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, they've they've had an incredible run, um, and it would be typical Gloucester, wouldn't it, just to go all the way to the final unbeaten and then lose that. But um, I still undecided whether I'm going or not because yeah. I'm not really sure what's happening. No. Um, but um, I, I hope to go because I enjoy watching the. Uh, Watching the rugby and it being at King's Home is a lot easier to get to than the Owl Pass. It is. Uh, I mean, I think for me, it's all going to depend on whether the Six Nations game's on or not. So if the Six Nations game's on, I've got to get prepare for all you guys to come round with my chips and dips and stuff. So um, If not, we're watching Catch in the Attic. Catch in the Attic and some uh, reruns of Countdown, I think. Oh, uh, <laughs> Cats does Countdown or... Uh, no, I'm I'm going for 1980s countdown, 1986 sort of era. Think, okay. you know. Yeah, classic borders. Well, it's it's that is still preferable to hearing your sports stories like we had to on Friday. <laughs> yes. Anyway, on that note, guys, thank you very much. Have a lovely week, and uh, in fingers crossed, um, I'll see at least one or two of you uh, uh, in my house next Saturday for the England Wales game. Right. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. <laughs>